0: Robots Radio presents You're listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons and Dragons. hello and welcome to the dungeons and dragons lore cast my name is sergio
1: and i'm mary
0: and we will be your lore masters for the evening or for the morning or afternoon whenever you're listening to this or even in the
1: middle of the night you know when you're getting a snack out of the fridge no big deal i'm not gonna judge
0: or even if you exist outside of time and you have like elder you're you're fighting elder gods you could listen A, to
1: so much stuff. You could listen to so many podcasts if you existed outside of time.
0: I I would get so much done. I would get so much done. I say that, but I'd probably still procrastinate. Same. Like, like <laughs> Cthulhu. Save. Cthulhu would be like, hey, look, I know like time doesn't exist here, but we really need that stuff done um here pretty soon. i would be like, no, I got it, I got it, it's fine. It's been
1: seven centuries. Like it'll, looking at his wrist, like there's a watch there.
0: It'll it's be fine. Been seven centuries. It'll be just
1: fine. Okay, okay, I suppose.
0: So this week we are going to talk about the Red Wizards of Fey. We're going to travel back to the Forgotten Realms, back to Faerun, and we're going to discuss these uh, very well-known and very uh, poorly-regarded wizards. <laughs> from uh from Eastern Faoon,
1: i just i wonder what they could have done to be poorly regarded. They're wizards aren't wizards just always great, isn't that what happens? Everything is happy in d and d lore
0: right everything's always peachy keen unless no. of course you get a group of power hungry power mad magic wielders who want are bent like hell bent on controlling uh the world so.
1: Oh, that does sound problematic, yeah. Yeah, I could see where that'd be an issue.
0: So the Red Wizards of Fae, also known as the Red Magic Cult. So I guess you were right in our pre-show banter, you were right, they are a cult. They are or a at cult? least they're seen as a cult. Even if they aren't a cult, they're seen as a cult, which would be just as bad, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, if enough people label a thing a cult, isn't it kind of one?
0: I mean, if... If you're not a thief but enough people think you're a thief, you're essentially a thief because if you walk into a store or into a market or into a merchant's uh you know uh, establishment mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. they're going to treat you like a thief. So I guess you're right. So I guess they are a cult through through uh public opinion. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> they are the notorious and nefarious magocratic ruling class of the country of Fay. Of course, magocratic being a form of government where only those with an ability in magic, uh, only those with the ability in magic can wield power. So not something that exists in real life. Wouldn't that be great if we found out there was a country like, oh, that country's, uh it's magocratic, like only magic wielders. Like, I don't care, like, how bad that country is. I want to go see it. I want to go visit. I just it. Wanna
1: go s- Maybe they do
0: tours. Just like I like look, I I am like whatever y'all do here, you know. Like if it's like they, obviously, like you know, there's like a lot of bad business going on. With they yeah, maybe not. I at okay. least like want to see it. So and, I'm alluding to these bad things. Uh, beyond their magical abilities, they have also been able to remain in power for as long as they have because they are known to be one, cruel slavers, two demonologists and three arcane experimenters.
1: They sound so pleasant.
0: <laughs> when arcane experimenters is the least problematic thing in your resume. <laughs> mhm mhm mhm. Like I I don't know, maybe call me old fashioned, but I was brought up to respect magic and not to just experiment on it all willy-nilly.
1: Yeah, that doesn't that seems like a good way to get on everybody's bad list
0: yep for sure uh eventually most of them dedicated themselves into creating a nation of undeath so we go from really bad to somehow worse
1: so undeath like nobody dies
0: yeah like you know they all just get to liches and zombies and yeah lich forever uh this was seen as a means of existence with boundless possibilities so it's like look man if we don't have to live then we can do whatever we want i guess so greed yeah i mean which is really literally
1: in, greed at the base level here
0: in keeping with like you know like the red wizards like sort of mantra as a whole uh more recently this philosophy on you know making a nation of undeath has loosened up a bit I guess because they've sort of realized like hey maybe you do need like some living people and humanoids and creatures around just you know just because
1: right right I feel like some of those becauses might you know loop back around to the whole slavery thing
0: yep possibly I mean I don't know uh, how uh, effective a zombie is at you know, slave labor, but I can assume that it's probably not that great. Mm, yeah. For most of the history, they've held the status as the ruling class in Thay, and they've used this power to launch uh, war conquests into neighboring nations. They, uh, on the reg, they're constantly assaulting the nation of Agaron, which is in the southwestern part, uh, most part of the unapproachable east and mm-hmm. uh to the west the wild lands of rashamen uh to the north uh it's i mean so they're like always trying like you said greed like they're always trying to get more and yeah. they're usually always fought back they're always like pushed back into their own land into the nation of they but it doesn't stop them from always you know always trying
1: <laughs>
0: goodness and we see and they're also like kind of like braggadocious when you see red wizards traveling uh they're always well protected uh as you know powerful as they are you know they I guess they it would be beneath them to i guess um get into a a scuffle with you know your basic sort of um vagabond thief
1: right right It's kind of got the arrogance to go with it, that nothing can touch us.
0: So they've always got like various types of guards uh-huh, and they're uh-huh. not very quiet or discreet in their travels. They kind of like make a show of it. They want people to know that they're there.
1: I mean, that red robe, that's a status symbol.
0: Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. We'll we'll talk about these red robes for sure. Like they take him very seriously. So let's talk about uh, their history. Let's talk about uh, where the red wizards come from what are their origins so right. way back in the 10th century dr dale reckoning the red wizards were a secret group of mulharandi spellcasters known as the red wizards of mulharan now okay. the mulharan are like the ancestors of sorts for the mulan people of uh of whom like I'd say like 99.9% of the red wizards of Thay are, right. are Mulan. Um, okay. So yeah, so like the Mulharandi are sort of like, um, I think like sort of how like uh, many like English people can trace their ancestry to like the Anglo-Saxons or like other groups. Right. Uh, and Mulherand is what is like the geographic location that that is Thay now. that what That's what it was called back then.
1: Okay, so of course, you know, name changes and stuff changes like that over time anyway,
0: of course, okay, uh, like Istanbul and Constantinople. It's a song if you don't know it, it's a great song uh, this group <laughs> uh this group, this group known as the Red Wizards of Mulhran, they wanted nothing more than to achieve independence from the god King's theocracy, so in nine twenty two Dale reckoning. Under the leadership of a red wizard and then later Zolkir, and we'll talk about the Zolkirs, Yathaz okay. Bouvar, they raised an army and sacked the capital city of Molhoran. So pretty impressive, right? I mean, they they as far as you know independence goes, can't you know, that's a pretty good start to getting your independence.
1: Yeah. yeah. Overthrowing um overthrowing a god king will do that. Uh, kind of a real strong uh, message to everybody around you too
0: exactly exactly so the god king responds by sending an army of his own to quash this rebellion uh but even though it was enormous like way bigger than the army that the red wizards had mm-hmm. it was ineptly ed, In ineptly led so you know if you can't if you have a good leader you're not going right. to have good soldiers.
1: Right. Doesn't matter how many of them there are. Numbers don't win against tactics.
0: Right. And so at the Battle of Fazalar, the two armies clashed and the Red Wizards just absolutely smashed. I'm talking smash the gas on this army.
1: Completely decimated.
0: Which goes to your point, you know, it doesn't matter uh, you know what the size of the army if you don't have good tactics if you don't have good leadership you're bound to lose which is exactly what happened here so uh, it wasn't just because of the red wizards own power uh or the lack of competent leadership on the other side but the red wizards had a bit of a ace up their sleeve they had a bit of a you know secret weapon so to speak
1: what like a like 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 secret spells other people didn't know or like maybe a giant beast or something like what kind of
0: what they, do you mean weapon they had the help of what is described only as quote and this is from the source book that I, that I got this information from mm-hmm. the source book itself said an enormously powerful mysterious extra-dimensional creature
1: oh that does seem like it would tip the scales in uh, one's favor. Just a little, a bit, little yeah. bit, yeah.
0: So n- not to digress too far away from the history of the Red Wizards, but we later find out that this creature, this power enormously powerful mysterious extra-dimensional creature mm-hmm. was actually the demon lord Eltab, uh who is the ruler of the 248th layer of the abyss. Hmm. And Eltab is gnarly looking. I mean, it's I mean, uh, beyond obviously like being a demon lord that is on par with Orcus or Demogorgon when it comes to power. Like he just looks gnarly. Oh. He he's fifteen feet tall. He like he, he's like a fifteen foot tall humanoid. So he's got like two arms, two legs, stands up on him. Uh, and he's got the head of what I can only describe as like, like, like a demon dog, like a dog that is also a demon. And he's also kind of wearing this sort of like, even though it's not like a, like a mask or a helmet, it looks like, it looks like one,
1: it looks somewhere between a minotaur and a rabid dog.
0: Right, because he's got these like gnarly antlers like sticking out of his head and like out of his body too. Like these sort of spike things coming out right. of his body. Whew. And so like, I'm saying like beyond the power that l wields, I'm on the battlefield and I see that coming towards me. Like it could be as harmless as a puppy dog,
1: mm-hmm, but I, mm-hmm.
0: the just the image of it is enough to get me, you know, hightailing it for sure.
1: That is absolutely what a nope looks like. You are correct.
0: And oh. so it's no surprise that the red wizards, like you said, were able to win the battle. Like, you know, having a full-on demon lord is going to tip the scales to your side.
1: Yeah, I yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> so it was on this day that Molhoran effectively ended and Fay was born. And one little side note that i found really funny and really interesting was that uh even after this that you know the 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 god king of the time and then subsequent god kings of Mm vulgaron uh they continued to lay claim to the land and like even included it in their maps like oh yeah like that's our land right there that's totally ours uh but no one like you know to the god king's face you're like yes absolutely your sire your your majesty your highness whatever Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. and then you turn around like what a freaking schmuck like no one believed that no (laughs) no one in their right mind believed that you know Moharan had anything to do with they anymore at that point
1: oh so they're just like patting him on the head Yes, your majesty, you still own it. Of course, that's your land.
0: Very much a bless your heart moment for sure. <laughs> that is huge bless your heart energy.
1: Oh, honey, with your head tilted to the side.
0: So for about a century afterwards, Faye's economy thrives and the nation grows in power. But, you know, then this is, again, this is where like the cracks start to appear with right. the greed you know the infighting between the red wizards and their large number it uh it didn't allow them to make any kind of decision in any effective manner like making any making decisions about the government about you know mm-hmm. you know the people whatever it may be was extremely difficult and right. so it was during this period of time that the council of the zulkirs was established so the council of zulkirs you have, there are eight of them, each of them okay. representing a school of magic. And the of those eight then preside over their own provinces and they choose rulers for each of those provinces. And those rulers are known as Tharches. Okay. So you've got, you know, several Tharches. They all, uh, you know, um, respond or they all uh, are under the tutelage or... Uh, you know, right, and em- employ council, council of, these guys. Okay. Of, of a zulkir, okay, and then there are eight zulkirs, and so these uh, Tharchions or tharchianesses have absolute power in their given province, but they're always beholden to the zulkir, who can remove them at will. Nearly absolute power. Nearly absolute power. So. How does one, marry? how does one become a red wizard?
1: Well, I mean, we can't just go grab a rope from the closet. That's not going to work.
0: You better not. You better not. And we'll tell you why very soon.
1: (laughs) That is true. There's a reason. They are very, very selective about who gets to join the ranks and call themselves a red wizard. The title is extremely, like, real high up on their... uh, you know their hierarchy real high up the list
0: it's super well, I mean,
1: selective
0: beyond mm-hmm. being a title i mean it's also like you now have a power lot. like mm-hmm. you now, you now are someone of authority in this land you know mm-hmm. so it's not um so it's not just like okay well you know we don't want to just give out this title to anyone you know having this title brings with it like other i don't want to say responsibilities but other perks and other sort right. of um social statuses
1: right that's that's it social stuff that's where i was aiming but the words weren't happening
0: words are hard sometimes words for are sure. real hard sometimes
1: um as it's indicated by the name primarily wizards over everybody else would be chosen um to become one because they in say the, oh gosh we're gonna rhyme i'm sorry um sorcerers and bards were actually looked down upon which personally i love a couple bards like love them they're great guys.
0: But, oh, well, I mean I also know some really bad bards, some really terrible true. bards. I've so, never
1: met a terrible bard yet and I'd like to keep it that way.
0: I've yeah, I mean and so I on on the whole I don't like, you know, the the inclusiveness of it, but right. at the same time I can be like bard, okay, yeah, bards, maybe not, you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a hot take you got there. Uh, I mean, it's it takes a very special person to be a bard, you know. I I feel I feel as if I feel as if becoming a bard should be as difficult as it is becoming a red wizard. That's my hot take.
1: Wow, hot takes, hot and ready. Get them all you can.
0: I'm serving them up here on the D&D Lorecast.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they're also almost always a member of the Mulan ethnic group of humans. So not only class, but also ethnicity as well. Yes. They're just ticking all the boxes for the worst people. They yeah, really yeah. are.
0: They're like, you're like, like, no, not you, not you. Like you, maybe <laughs> not you. <laughs>
1: true so these wizards early in their spellcasting career um they begin to specialize in only one school of magic and they that is like that's their thing that's the thing that they do they pick one and they run with it um they hone and perfect this ability hoping to be chosen um to be part of the highly respected and powerful ranks of the red wizards um once they've joined this group um, in further effort to enhance their powers in their magical school of choice, they must sacrifice study in at least two of the other schools of magic. They can never again learn any of the spells from those prohibited
0: schools. That's crazy. It
1: is. That is just, you can only do one thing and you have to do it really, 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 really well.
0: So I did learn that if they already know one of these spells, like if they decide I'm going to, you know, sacrifice transmutation and I'm never going to learn another transmutation spell again, I shall, I shall transmutate again, no more forever. Um, They, if you, if you got that, that was a being John Malkovich reference, please email us at the D &D (laughs) and at gmail.com because we should be best friends. Yeah, but that if way they are. Already... issue an
1: apology,
0: <laughs> no, no, I apologize oh. <laughs> for nothing. If you're not gonna apologize for your puns, I'm not going to apologize for my being John Malkovich references.
1: That's fair. You got a lot of pop culture references. I'll just stick that's, to my puns. That's all that's it is. It's
0: all that's swirling around in my brain oh, is D and D knowledge. You know, references from movies from the past thirty years, and um. I like Mountain Dew and that's pretty much it. Some, you know, sometimes I even forget my own birthday.
1: Oh, that's fair. I can understand that too.
0: <laughs> so, if they so- already knew a, a transmutation <laughs> spell before they decide to sacrifice uh, you know, that that school of magic in mm-hmm. in pursuit of further, you know, honing and and enhancing their power in their preferred school right. of magic school of choice they they still know that spell they like, they don't have to like you know forget it, I guess, so they can um, still
1: cast it as they
0: can, well they can still cast it because okay.
1: well because no know, they, one in casting are two different things.
0: well yeah they I mean they I mean they know it they can still cast it um I would I would guess that um at at a certain point though, um you know because they have to have these prepared spells as yeah. wizards, you know, they probably won't prepare them as often. Right. But um, that's but still it's still an option.
1: Interesting. So speaking of prepared spells, um, as a result of this, this, you know, being, you know, there's no from having prohibited schools of magic, um, they can prepare more spells daily than other wizards and cast highly potent spells from their chosen school.
0: Which does make sense. I mean, if you're going to focus in on one thing, you need to be or you should be capable really of doing
1: a... that better than if you're doing a little bit of everything right that yeah that made sense to me that aspect of it did as well as like okay yeah that tracks um additionally they were considered to be some of the most powerful casters to uh with access to the most po- potent spells and arcane defenses as well so they're just these super powerful guys because they are super hyper focused on one thing and one thing only um you can always recognize a red wizard in case you wanted to know in case you're out you know walking touring the city I don't recommend going to say especially wearing you know
0: a certain color
1: a certain color be frowned upon um they're easy to recognize by two things stylized tattoos all over their bodies especially their heads um This indicates um, the Mulan culture at large. Um, However, there is some speculation uh, that these tattoos allow them to focus their magic in a more powerful way or are actually magical themselves. So magic tattoos.
0: Magic tattoos.
1: I love it. Because of these magical tattoos and it being a thing that they could use and it was accepted within their society... They went as far as to inscribe these tattoos on their slaves as well and use these slaves to infiltrate other cities.
0: That's completely abhorrent. Like It is. These... They're
1: just <laughs> It's just getting oh. worse.
0: And yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's just... Red Wizards, so like, who hurt y'all? Come on.
1: The other thing that you can recognize them for? They're red robes, of course. Matter of fact, nobody else <laughs> inside of Thay is even allowed to wear one, with the exception of the priests of Kosath, it's an elemental god of fire. And if you decided you wanted to, like you're going to be a rule breaker or a rebel and wear the I look color good in red. red,
0: yeah, I look good in red. No, no one's going to stop me.
1: Oh, honey, <laughs> bless Whoa, your what, heart. What's the um, worst that could happen? Death penalty of death
0: they will kill you if you wear red like if that red. is like regina george wishes she could
1: <laughs> being I'm john worried.
0: malkovich mean girls i'm running the you, gamut here Let's you just... are all
1: over the place
0: yes <laughs> yeah that's 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 me that's that's how my brain operates <laughs> Uh, So, we're (laughs) going to give my brain a little bit of a break, and we're going to go to the middle of the show, where we thank our patrons, uh, talk about some news, talk about some stuff on the DMs Guild, and when we mm -hmm. come back, we'll talk some more about the Red Wizards. Hello, and welcome to the middle of the show. The middle of the show, where it gets a little middly, is where we thank our patrons i that's for forevermore you know long after uh you know the the show is is dead and buried and you know i'm an old man in Mm -hmm, a nursing mm -hmm. home Mm -hmm. whose grandchildren and children don't visit because he won't stop making mean girl references I will always (laughs) remember, like, I'll always think of the middle of the show as it being midly. And I I blame the almighty crit, Aaron for that.
1: Thank you for the legacy, sir. (laughs) Well, we thank our patrons. We We thank our patrons
0: in the middle of the show. Uh, And this week, we want to thank three specific patrons.
1: Yes, these are our Elder God patrons. Um, Been here longer than I have.
0: And here longer sure. than I have, mhm,
1: so special thank yous to Wolf the Sheepdog, Tex Ten Star, and Remington Cloutier. It is just awesome. The dedication and the continued love and support it is vital, absolutely vital to what we do and so deeply appreciated
0: yeah i am I am uh, myself am coming up on one year of hosting the D&D Lorecast. And these three have been around longer than that. So thank you Mm -hmm. so much. And in fact, Remington himself is coming up on two years of patron support. So thank y'all so much. If you um, are interested in joining the likes of these three great individuals of whom they should build statues of, Mm-hmm, and teach mm-hmm. children about it. School. It's true. You can go to Patreon.com/slash D&D Lorecast. We have tiers as low as five dollars, all the way up to seventy-five bucks. Uh, they have stuff like uh, bonus content. You get Patron Plus installments, which is a, a little. It's a little extra, you know. Like you know, you 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 get a Just you get like a me. you get a bite <laughs> you get a bite <laughs> of lore, and you're like, man, I want another one. We're going to give you a little bit more in so these patron. Get, yeah, I'll take Go it.
1: to the patron and you that's where you're going back for seconds. That's where you're getting that second serving. A little bit of cheesecake with a little drizzle on it. I'm hungry. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> you should eat dinner after this. I will. I will eat after this. And then uh, in addition to that, we also have bonus episodes. Yes. We also have uh, merch. We also have t-shirts. We have mugs. We have hoodies that are available to patrons you can also get um, the these episodes early. You get your yep. own feed. They arrive on your smartphone, on your device a day early with zero mm-hmm, ads. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't have to listen to anyone trying to sell you anything except for us in the middle of the show. And it's <laughs> it helps us grow. It helps the show get bigger and better. It and does. all these wild ideas that we have mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, can come to fruition. Yep. And of course, if you... Uh, are in a position where you can't sign up for the Patreon, but still want to support the show You can absolutely do. So uh, how can you do that, Mary?
1: So you can tweet at us. You can find us on social media. You can share with your friends, which is the best way to do it. I mean, we're going to be talking anyway, so we may as well tell people where to find some of the best information with some pretty great personalities. Um, Aside from that, I mean, go and rate us on whatever it is that you are listening on, whatever platform you're on. Go and drop some ratings. That also helps as well.
0: For sure. And links to all the social media stuff and all that in the show notes as per usual. Uh, As far as news goes, a new Dritz webtoon has been announced. Now, are you familiar with the webtoons? I'm familiar with what webtoons are. They're essentially like uh, like online comic books.
1: Yes, yes, I read a few of them, but not. Um, I have not come across any D and D related
0: ones. So, well, in 2023, you will see a new webtoon starring the daughter of Dritz Stewardon and Catterbury, mm-hmm. uh, daughter known as Bree, aka Breezy she takes her father's sword twinkle and which I always love. I've I do. always love the fact that Dritz, you know, sort of, you know, and I don't want to say it's like a, it's a, you know, sort of um, weapon of murder because Dritz like really only uses it when, when need be, but it, it has necessary it, murders. It has definitely killed plenty of creature. Um she heads out to find out what it takes to be a hero. So it is written by Purpa, the creators behind the uh, Web- Webtoon suitor armor mm-hmm. and illustrated by Ryan Lakut. And for those of you who are hearing this for the first time and get immediately nervous, you know, like upon hearing this, yes, R.A. Salvatore is involved in the project. Oh, good. So... You have the man himself, sort of acting as a producer of sorts, as a right. as a mentor. So that that eno- that is enough for me to at least you know. I mean, obviously, I'm going to read it. Right. You know, I would have read it had Salvatore had nothing to do with it. But this right. definitely like calmed my my nerves a lot.
1: Absolutely, I've actually um, Suter Armor is one of the ones that I am familiar with. So
0: there you go. There you go.
1: Excellent, excellent creator.
0: So uh, there's a link to the official news in the show notes. And with that, let's head on over to the DMs Guild and Ooh. see what kind of fun we can get into. Well, this week we are talking about the Red Wizards of Fae. So why not a uh, some content about about them, about the Red Wizards? We have Fae Land of the Red Wizards from Alex Kammer. Alan Patrick, and the father, or even God, of Forgotten Realms himself, Ed Greenwood. So again, you have something that is being worked on by the creator, like sort of like you know how Salvatore is involved with the webtoon. So Mm -hmm. you can breathe a sigh of relief. This is also being worked on by Ed Greenwood, the man who created Forgotten Realms, who who created all of this. So again. You have to be assured that it's going to be good content.
1: Right. You know, that's going to stay true to what he had envisioned initially, too. Exactly. Love it.
0: So known to the wider Forgotten Realms as a sinister land of red wizards, slavers, and marching undead armies, Thay is the distant or uncomfortably close menace that, quote, may become our doom if Tam turns his attention in our direction.
1: Oh Goodness.
0: So this tome is your guide to the Fae of right now. So, you know, uh, we do have Forgotten Realms. Forgotten Realms is the, the, the default setting for D&D. Mm-hmm. But there hasn't been uh, like a very like in-depth look at it beyond the Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide. And even then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there wasn't, I mean, there, there have been entire books in previous editions solely devoted to the Red Wizards. So and so that is that is this for you now for the 5th edition. Okay. It's a valuable resource for DMs and players alike. It sets forth the people and places of the Land of Red Wizards, what life is like and seeds, hints and secrets uh, sufficient to spur adventures for years of enjoyment Ooh. at your gaming table. The PDF is available for 17.99. And is also available as a oh. soft cover physical copy, or even a hardcover physical copy. They which, also offer bundles. Yes, I mean if yeah, so if you want to get the PDF and the hardcover or soft cover, you'll get them both at a discount, which I appreciate because, again, as we've spoken before, I the the absolute like dragon. Order in me like mm-hmm, loves the mm-hmm. physical book i have to have the physical book <laughs> um but the uh convenience uh you know the man who's uh who's like practical. Ruled by convenience very practical Practical sergio practical sergio a shout out to our good <laughs> friends at the uh, mind gap podcast uh i have uh, I, I enjoy having you know dozens of books in the palm of my hand uh and then if i can have both at a discounted price frugal I'm sergio Yeah, that's where he shines (laughs) so yeah check it out a link in the show notes of course and with that let's uh let's head to the end of the show and talk some more red wizards what do you say oh i say it sounds absolutely wonderful i mean they're not great people the lore is great it's great to learn about them but they are terrible
1: right it's good to know about potential dangers when you're out there adventuring
0: there you go hello and welcome to the end of the show we're going to continue talking about red wizards and of course we will have our magic item of the week mm-hmm. uh what do you give us a give us a hint give us a sneak preview of what this magic item is this week mary
1: well it's uh it's consistent with the color scheme
0: nice okay okay cool that's <laughs> that's enough I'm, I'm excited you've piqued my interest so mm-hmm you are a you are of mulan origin mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. are a wizard in they i want to become a red wizard i think i have what it takes i'm going to focus on one school of magic and do only that you train and you train and you focus and and you become powerful enough that you garner their attention and then finally you're plucked out from obscurity and they say like you you, good sir or madam, you shall be a red wizard. So now that I am a red wizard, what do I do? So red wizards, you know, in addition to using their power to go on like war conquest and try to right. you know, take over the neighboring lands, right. they also use the power to change their own homeland of Thay through the use of weather controlling spells and to set up magical barriers that prevent unwanted visitors from entering. I imagine
1: you'd need some pretty good barriers considering some of the things that they've done. I I yeah I think you'd need a shield or two or three or four.
0: Not that, you know, I not that, you know, I have would have people uh you know showing up because of the things that I've done, but I, right. I would still like enjoy a spell that would prevent unwanted visitors. True. <laughs> if I could figure out how to just do that to my front door, that would be great. <laughs> just saying if, if I walk up and I see you on a Segway, it's going to be a, it's going to be a no for me, dog.
1: I could just get that on my phone for unwanted callers.
0: Right. Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Like just, I don't have to worry about blocking people.
0: So among uh the Red Wizards that they are also among the groups that uh independently uncovered information about contingent spells, which is also cool. Which is right. I mean, like as much as they experiment in the magical arts right. and the arcane, you know, there are bound to be some, you know, um good discoveries and advancements. Right, for sure. Right. So when they do go to war, I can only imagine as as kind of Jerks, like the jerks that they are, I can only imagine what they're like in war. So, what are their combat t- tactics like?
1: Well, um, so they give orders, <laughs> surprising, right? right. Um, to their knights. Bo- to they their boss soldiers. people around. Right. Like the boss people around you go do that. Um, other forces under the command, all their alliances and stuff like that. They work closely um, with the Saiyan knights as well. So, while they are arrogant, and they are very cocky and capable in their abilities. They also know when to trust someone for tactical advice as well. Um, well Well-trained in the art of war, but they do listen to their closely trusted advisors, these, you know, Thayan knights and folks of that nature. Um, They're also known (laughs) to practice circle magic, which is a form of magic, um, that allows several casters to combine arcane power to maximize the efficacy of their circle leader's spells. it's so kind of bottlenecking it. Ooh, I hit my microphone. I'm sorry, I got excited. Um, a
0: very exciting topic.
1: I'm sorry, I'm gesturing wildly. Um <laughs> so they kind of funnel all of this magic power to help one person kind of be able to cast more efficiently and to you know, I guess cover a greater area because they are very aggressive in their battle tactics this is not a you know wait them out and see what happens it's go in guns blazing and often using um aoe spells area of effect spells to be able to eliminate a larger area of people to take down as many people at once as they possibly can
0: i mean say what you want but it's those tactics are sound in battle
1: right it's they're not dumb. I guess you don't get to the top if you're if you can't go into battle and you're planning on conquering people. There, kind of. I mean, you got to be good at it. You got to be good at what you do in order to do it,
0: right? Exactly. Where did that come from? <laughs> what did that accent? Ex-
1: that accent? Ex- oh, I am full of accents. It. I'm sorry in advance because they're just going to keep happening.
0: So the next part of our notes, <laughs> and I love this. I have no idea why, <laughs> but you have it labeled. Where are these fools at? It's true.
1: I do have it labeled that way. Um, (laughs) So from mid-14th century on, um, I mean, they primarily in Thay, as their name would indicate, correct? Correct. Um, But from mid-14th century on, um, they maintained enclaves in many of the major cities across Faerun. Like a lot of your heavy hitters that you're going to hear the names of throughout. Like anytime you're, if you're in Faerun, you're going to hear at least some of these names, cities, you know, Baldur's Gate, things of that nature.
0: Never Um, winter, never ready.
1: Never ready. It's true. Uh,
0: And so like uh, for those uh, who don't know, enclaves are sort of like small, like um, communities within a larger community. Like think, like Little Italy or Chinatown, in, right? Like in our in our world, so you have these like little like communities of Red Wizards from Fay within larger communities, like you said, like like Waterdeep, like Baldur's Gate, like Neverwinter,
1: right? And Never Ready, it's got to exist now. It's just becoming lore.
0: <laughs> That's um, yeah. If I if we could get Never Ready as an official like city in the Forgotten Realms in Feyrun. I think our work here would be done.
1: I would keep going because I would want a little bit more once I got a taste of fame. <laughs> oh, no, I'm power hungry. Um, <laughs> So while all of these little enclaves were like they're all separate, they all still maintain the same goal. Power and money.
0: No, I want you to read exactly <laughs> what you wrote in the notes.
1: Okay, so I what is that in mind? And notes? I
0: want you to read it in the way it's meant to be read, and you know what I mean.
1: <laughs> I do. This is this is why we don't this is why I should have my own notes so you can't see them. <laughs> so what it says is they had one goal in mind. It is money, 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 money. money. And also power.
0: And also power. So shout out to Tony Tony Tony.
1: <laughs> nice um prior to the war all of these enclaves acted as a uh, with complete unity since they were each individual one was considered to be Faean soil like so whatever rules of the city did not apply to them in that enclave in that city and after the war
0: Kind After of like it. um kind of like United <laughs> States like or like just embassies in general. Yes. Except um the con- or the city that the enclave is in doesn't really agree to that, I'm sure. They're like, no, like, no, you if you kill somebody, were you still like no, like that just because you say so doesn't mean doesn't mean <laughs> anything.
1: Right. After the war, um only the separated autonomy survived. So they were no longer going to be they no longer received support from and help from say but they all still had the same goal in mind and were working towards those goals okay so then our next little bit since you're making me quote myself here (laughs) um says and i quote who's in charge here can i speak to the manager
0: you may you may Uh, Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. So so who and what would that be?
0: (laughs) So the leaders of the Red Wizards and by default the rulers of all of Fae since the Red Wizards are pretty much the people that control Fae are mm -hmm. the eight Red Wizards that I alluded to earlier who comprise the Council of Zulkirs. Now the Council of Zulkirs they were established in 1030 DR and according to uh, according to Wizards of the Coast, according to D and D, we are currently right around fifteen hundred DR, about like in the late fourteen nineties. So essentially, they've been around for about five centuries. Okay. Uh, each each member of the council represents one of the schools of magic. So like right. as you said earlier, you know every every wet, every every Wed wizard every red wizard focuses mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. one school of magic. And so as a result, you have, you know, some that are good at divination and some that are good at illusion. And so essentially like the best of the best gets to represent that school on the council. So you have uh, a member representing abjuration, Mm -hmm. Uh, you have transmutation, conjuration, Mm -hmm. uh, the aforementioned divination and illusion, Mm -hmm. uh, enchantment, uh, evocation or invocation. And of course, everyone's favorite Necromancy.
1: Do love necromancy.
0: I, I kid myself and I say that if I was a wizard, I wouldn't be a necromancer. But I, I, in my secret heart of hearts, I know for an absolute fact, without a shadow of a doubt, I would be a necromancer.
1: I think selective necromancy.
0: No, you can't. If you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. (laughs) when it comes to necromancy. Is it? Oh
1: okay. I didn't I didn't realize there were rules.
0: Oh yeah. Oh for sure. There aren't many, but they're there. So, <laughs> of course, like, you know, we've talked about how greedy the the red wizards are and yeah. it's you know, that's no different with the zulkirs. All this power and all this hunger for more power usually leads to tension, if not open strife between the zulkirs. shocking and, Yeah, right. And in fact, they even had a full-out war, the war that you mentioned during the the talk about the enclaves, Mm -hmm, the War mm -hmm. of the Zulkirs. And this lasted for a decade from 1375 to 1385 DR. And we will go into further detail about this war and the Council of Zulkir member slash Archlich Zastam, who was the catalyst for it in a bonus Patreon episode later on this month. So if you are already signed up, be on the lookout for it. If you're not signed up and you're interested, then definitely check out patreon.com slash d and Lorecast. So since the culmination of this conflict, Zastam has ruled the Council of Zolkirs and those who had uh, opposed him during the War of the Zolkiers they fled they and they eventually like did like gave up they completely like you know disowned or disavowed the red wizard way of life you know they they let their hair grow out they uh, stopped wearing red and they transformed themselves into a loosely organized merchant uh merchants guild of sorts that right. specialize in the procuring of magical items um however some of the exiled Red Wizards didn't take to the merchant life as easily as their cohorts. Um, as you can see in the fifth edition Rise of Tiamat adventure, they formed a group called the Thayan Resurrection, whose aim was to supplant Zastam, who they feel had subverted like true Red Wizard like uh philosophy. Mm-hmm. And they are their attempt to restore their nation to its former glory. And that for right now is the Red Wizards of Fay.
1: So much lore. <laughs>
0: it's quite a bit of lore. I mean they they've been around for a hot minute and like I yeah. said we uh we will be talking about that war of the Zolkirs as well as zastam later on this month but for right now let's let's hear about that magic item that that color-coded magic item it is this is a
1: magical weapon it is a blade of unknown origin so you can i personally would go with a scimitar but that's kind of where i always lean it's kind of my favorite um i blame pirate love for that um it's called the soul siphon um with each successful attack on a target, there is a so it's got this little red, small shard of glass called a soul glass inside of it that gathers a chaotic charge. After three attacks, um, where you hit successfully, so it so it's gathering all this energy every time you hit with it. Correct. After three, it becomes infused with a random damage type, and then I have a list for you. A uh, d8 randomizer if you will you know acid cold fire force lightning poison poison psychic and thunder damage
0: so it's a random damage type so if you're fighting like a like fire elemental you better hope that it does not end up on three yeah
1: exactly that's the i mean it's it's gathering chaotic energy so of course it has to be chaotic
0: so is wow. it so you say after 3 successful attacks the blade becomes infused with this random damage type does mm-hmm. it stay infused with that with that damage type forever more or is it is there a, is there a cooldown period?
1: Uh I would yeah it would absolutely have to have a cooldown period. You can't just keep going with it. I mean sometimes battle can go on forever. So I'd say you know, it'd have to have three turns before it could start doing that again. And it would be infused until it makes contact. Then, of course, you can roll for some, you know, acid damage, force damage, or what have you, and throw a couple D6 on there for a
0: little extra. For a little extra, I like that. A little extra. The Soul Siphon. Yes, sir. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons lorecast this week. Allowing us to be a part of your life for this brief amount of time. Mm-hmm. Again, if you want to talk with us more, you can follow us on Twitter at DDLorecast. You can email us, dndlorecast at gmail.com. You can mm-hmm. join the Robots Radio Network Discord. We have a text channel on there. Uh, I'm literally always, I'm constantly on it. One, because I work from home, and so I have it open on one of my screens, and two, because I always have my phone on me. So uh, I will always, I will, I'm constantly checking it, and uh, eager to talk D and D with just about anyone.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: And you're sparing my partner the the um, the dread of having to talk. She like I'm, <laughs> she 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 loves that I love it, but you know she could not care less about D and D. But she <laughs> loves that I okay. am so, you know, it makes me very happy. Yeah. which uh, which is the best that I could hope for. Um, but the more I get to talk to somebody who loves D&D, the less I, I get to talk to her to her about it and she's absolutely fine with that.
1: So help save her sanity.
0: If nothing else, don't you care about her? <laughs> listener, dear listener. <laughs> well, that's about it. Like I said, thank you so much for listening. My name is Sergio.
1: And I am Mary.
0: Fare thee well, dear listener. And until we meet again, may all your 20s Be natural. Thanks for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people.